With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to week four of the Foot Weekly Podcast. This is a content episode and I have with me Foot Legend, uh, Japes. Hello. Hello, Ben. Happy to be back for a content episode. I went away for like Thursday, Friday, came back Saturday, uh, came back with conjunctivitis. So my vision was blurry oh. and it wasn't just my vision. When I looked at the game, I was like, I actually don't know what's going on. So played some of my first weekend league. And now we're here today with a um, spicy, spicy feeling episode. I think all of the committed folks on this podcast are uh, eager to share some opinions. Yeah, that's true. And talking of committed folks, we have Josh Excels. Hello. Welcome back, Josh. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I felt like my vision was going blurry playing Weekend League 2, but that was just because I was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting uh, week, let's mm. say. Uh, let's uh, introduce our final guest, who is, as uh, we've heard, I think, what, three in a row now? Hat yeah. Um We have Brammers, uh, game critic and consultant. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Uh, just coming off what turned out to be a relatively sedate at first weekend league. I was expecting it to be an absolute bloodbath, but managed to somehow get to 11-5 mm. and then just give away the rest of the wins. So yeah, I don't, I've honestly been having more trouble in Division 6, so... That was a very nice surprise, and long may it continue. Yeah, nice. And um, your stupid luck has just continued, it seems, as well. I mean, like to the extent that people just in the Discord, when you shared what you got, just were not surprised at all, um, which just is mad. I opened my Elite One Squad Battles rewards uh, and outpopped Tradable Messi from the first one. That's fun. I've already packed Untradable Messi uh, in the first three weeks of the game, so I don't know quite what's going on there. And I thought, well, you know, that's that's a brilliant result, whatever else happens with the weekend league. So I got my 11 wins. The very first player pick that I opened, um, it was Rhodes to the knockouts, Usman Dembele on the left. Hey, that's an expensive card. Yeah, and that was, so that was ridiculous. And then, and I was like, and I, as Ben says, people in the Discord were like, look, just, just kick him out. Let's get rid of this guy. It's ridiculous. Um, but then uh, I opened the ultimate pack and I got a hero, Rafael Marquez as well. Ugh. So that was another nice little 100k. About that. So I don't know what's going on, but again, you can understand why I'm saying long may it continue. Yeah. And actually, I think this kind of feeds into uh, what we are going to talk about, I think, is a, a more general discussion. Uh, we'll do pound for pound in a second, because I kind of want to get the, the elephant in the room, I guess, out of the way first. And that is that people's teams are progressing so fast that it kind of feels like a lot of content is becoming a little bit irrelevant or maybe a bit of a step backwards and obviously we're looking at this from a very 
a committed player perspective, you know, it, it may not apply to the majority of the player base. But I think what people tend to want at this point in the cycle is meaningful upgrades to their team, of course. Um, with the significant amount of untradeable packs people earn over the first week or so, those upgrades are less easy to come by. People are potentially then looking at buying players off the market, which are quite likely to drop, I guess, because certainly gold rares drop significantly. And evolutions were good, but they've dried up now and we haven't had any, which has been strange for a while. Although we might get some, I guess, when the extended ones expire. But either way, Josh, there's definitely a feeling that there's a stagnation currently, which feels weird at this point. It's difficult to like try and look at absolutely everything because there is a lot in the game. You know, there, there are lots of objectives and milestones, but we've been talking about those now since launch of the game and we're coming up on three weeks in and there's not a lot that's been added the game is very similar in terms of what you can do in it to what it was at the in the very first week and i kind of felt it when we started getting the first player spcs the first player spcs you know you you're even somebody like um bruno grimmerish was too expensive, way too expensive for what it is, for when he's going to get those upgrades, you know, the, the the ratings of the squads that were required, it was too much. People can't complete that without spending either liquid coins, but I honestly don't know how many people have 250,000 liquid coins that they can just spend on fodder to do it, or by engaging in the store content, because... If there is a side of content that has been good since the start of the game, it's the shiny packs in store that people are going to spend money on. That has been consistently very well done, and we're seeing more and more expensive packs with more and more ratings and loans of players that you wouldn't have access to otherwise, but you have to spend money on them. That part of content's been brilliant. Everywhere else has been a mess. The menus are terrible. Navigating around the entire game is very difficult even with these like you know l2 can get you to anywhere you want in the game that's fine but it doesn't always load in it's difficult to like you almost have to go piece by piece in it when was the last time we had a challenge spc that gave us a pack back where's the puzzle spcs where's the daily intro to foot spcs that you used to get it's like oh put in a silver and bronze team and here's this premium gold players pack with tradable players in it and i'm not saying that we need to just get packs on packs on packs all the time that isn't the content that I'm asking for. And I'm not saying we need cheap SBCs all the time, but the content that they are giving us, Road to the Knockouts is a bad promo in my opinion, because by the time the first upgrades happen, the game has moved on massively. It's going to still be three weeks until the first Road to the Knockouts get their upgrade. I don't know exactly the rules around Team 2, but if you only get upgrades when two games have been played for Team 2 after they were released, they're not going to get upgrades until the middle of November. And so why am I engaging with those cards? And the biggest thing they introduced this year, and the thing it felt like the community massively got involved in, was Evolutions. And it was the most popular player page of every single database site was just filled with players that worked in evolutions videos across youtube across tiktok these are the best players to use everybody engaged with it and since it's since we've got the game nothing has been added to it they may have been planning to put it in and there's been issues they you know they haven't been able to add it in properly it was buggy when they tested it that may have happened but they haven't communicated that and so we're left here going is Evolutions going to be the next events tab 
where it's just forgotten about. Now, it won't be. We got told we're going to get 12 evolutions in the first season. They they committed to 12 in that first pitch notes. And by the time you listen to it, we may have two new ones and the hype is back there for evolutions. But it's been too long that people are forgetting about them now. People's teams have moved past that pacey protector centre-back that was great for maybe the first week because there's not been something else to back it up. I'm, I'm just... I'm frustrated because there's so much potential in what they've added to the game, but the content that they are filling it with is really poor. It's 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 like frustratingly poor. Yeah. Do you feel, Brammers, that there must be, and you know about game development, that there must be something technically wrong, and that's why specifically evolutions we haven't seen any since. Because surely, if people are really engaged with a particular thing you're putting out as a company producing a live game, as they call it you would want to make sure that people were staying hooked on it, right? And, and continuing to engage with the game. So I can't see the reason that they wouldn't be putting these out. But There could be any number of factors at work. They could be. It could be that they underestimated how much people would engage with this and they weren't planning to add any more for a while because they figured people would be working through them for several weeks. Uh, it could be that they have run into technical issues, as Josh suggested. It could be... I don't know that they don't want to like overwhelm the player base with too many choices too early in the game. Uh, it was also worth bearing in mind that the, the full release as it was for people who didn't have the ultimate edition only came sort of what a week and a half ago. Uh, so by that clock, um, technically people have had a, you know, only a week and a bit to do evolutions and there were quite a few at the start. It could be so many different things, but I think the overall point that Josh makes is, very you know is spot on like the there are there are a lot of different things about the start of the game uh that were exciting and it's just it's faded away into a bit of a a bit of a nothingness because there hasn't really been as usual any good communication about their intentions but also because the the content itself has been strangely lacking i mean we mentioned the the, the evolutions has kind of dried up but the other the other really big thing that has been so influential in the early weeks was play styles and if you look at the SBC players they've been adding and the foundations and whatever, none of them have any play styles people are interested in, with very, very few exceptions. And it's, it's making those cards, which already look a little bit underwhelming to do as SBCs, even less uh, desirable. And yeah, overall, like I just, I'm, I'm very much with Josh. I'm, I'm kind of spinning my wheels, wondering what the hell to do in the game. Um, like my team's overtaken the content a bit, um, you know, pack luck notwithstanding. And uh yeah, it needs it needs clearer communication, better content, um, and less errors and and less just oversights on things like playstyles. Mm. And then, like another thing, just to throw it in there, like the, we talked about errors, but like they put out what was it the uh, milestone objective for the NWSL the other day with you know uh, incorrect requirements, so like WSL players work instead. Um, which when you consider it in the context also that they've basically, uh, they, they've only added, I think, two women players as SBCs and very, very few um, in the promos that anyone would be interested in. Uh, again, another area where, where it was supposed to be this big thing this year and they're sort of falling short. So as you can tell, <laughs> I am not happy. Yeah, I did want to talk about this topic, but I, I can't particularly say 
that I've ever been twiddling my thumbs wondering what to do. Uh, I feel like there are plenty of games to play, especially when they've added the Roads to Knockout Cup into the mix. I mean, that's four games a day if you want to commit to it. Obviously, you'll eventually finish it and then won't have any more games to play. But for some people, that can take quite a while. So I'm not sure it's that necessarily, which has been disappointing for most players, although I agree for very, very committed players, there could be more to do. Um, But I think that can just lead to burnout, really. Um, But what I would say is more pressing is the issues with bugs in the menus, lack of evolutions content, SBC content not quite being there, I think. And what has been, I think, really bad on their part is making mistakes is one thing, but when it's something like confusing the NWSL and Barclays Women's Super League, I think that's hugely embarrassing uh, considering the context. It's damaging. Yeah, exactly. It feels a lot worse than just making a mistake. This is an area where they are already, like, in a weird way, kind of engaging in a culture war by insisting on women coming into the game uh, Mm -hmm. and putting them on an equal footing with male players. Uh, And they need to support that. They need to understand that it's a, it's a bigger issue than just putting some content in the game. And when they do stuff like this, like they would never get this wrong for any, almost any other league. Uh, And it just, it it shows, as you say, a negligence, Uh, but it's also slightly damaging because in the context of create, you know, angry little men on the internet, going on about uh, women's football not being important and so on. It doesn't help at all. Mm. Um, so they need to sort themselves out. Japes, uh, when we talk about these things, I often think, are we just so committed that we're so involved and therefore we see all these things and not everyone does? And you know, it's nice to be positive about the game because we're ultimately here to play and enjoy a game. We don't want to spend the whole time just being like, oh, this thing isn't done very well because you could just do multiple podcasts every week talking about how things aren't done as we'd like them to be done. Um, Do you think that this is something that's affecting players beyond our committed pool? And and actually, I mean, maybe it doesn't matter. We should still talk about these things even then. I don't know. I I think I just... um... I've got like a lot of qualms on the on the gameplay side as well. And I think for me on the content side, it just feels a little haphazard. And I would entirely echo uh, Brammer's point that like you're you planted your flag and said we're putting women and men on the same playing field. And like that mistake would not have been made previously on the men's side. Mm. That is not like a damaging to the player base. That's potentially damaging to the brand. Like I, I do a lot of work with like brand strategy. And that is one that is like, can be taken like outside of just like the core FIFA community is one that would like not be very well. I don't think the executives like at EA would love to be answering questions about that. Right. Mm. So I, I think they're a little bit fortunate how, how that's gone. And maybe we're just a committed enough base that it feels like a, no, I don't think it feels like too big of a deal. I think it's a bad one. Mm. So, you know, I I think the the, the big first like pitch notes that I feel like we're kind of owed at this point, like there used to be this idea of the first patch, right? Being a, a really big one and, you know, fixing hopefully like a lot of the quote unquote like issues or what's going on. But like my my menus are terrible, out of nowhere. I in in the sense of like it doesn't display the information properly. I can't see mm. what chemistry my players are getting. I can't see if it's a first owner card or not. They're like table stakes to me. And I think getting those wrongs just is like getting something that's table stakes wrong this early in the game really kills levels of hope for what the full cycle is going to look like. Yeah, I think that is the big thing for me. I, I think they've essentially 
faltered here over the last week or so, the technical problems the game has, and maybe this extends to evolutions as well, because as people may know, I have a bit more insight than perhaps most people would, and there's a huge amount more that they can do with evolutions. There's a huge amount of potential there. Uh, maybe they're just reluctant to dip into it right at this moment because the game has, as we're saying, been out a week or so. But it surprises me they're not willing to uh, capitalize on that momentum. Uh, you know, they're a big bureaucratic organization with financial targets to hit, and maybe those things are causing them to be unable to take those steps. But you'd think the most important thing here is engaging players with their game uh, because without that, as I'm sure they well know, people are never going to spend on your game. Um, so it does surprise me. But I guess. What I would ask you, Josh, because I'm sure there are some listeners out there thinking, well, you know, I've not really noticed what these people are talking about. I don't really get where they're coming from. There's plenty for me to do. This hasn't really affected me that much. But in your view, and this might help people think, oh, actually, you know, I get what he means. What would you like to see, I guess, from content that could, you know, move the needle, I guess, and, and make people more engaged? The thing that I want as a hardcore player of the game and that I think would benefit the game, whether you're a casual who doesn't get through all of the content that's released or plays the game really hard, is repeatable gameplay content. I love League SBCs. They were like my favorite thing in the game. I played them all the time. played them. I did them all the time. And I didn't play much of the gameplay. And I understand why, for some people, that's mental. And it's probably not right. You should probably want to play the actual football simulation game rather than menus that's essentially just a collection book at that point. But when they remove those and there's no gameplay grind behind it, as a hardcore player, there's no reason for me to go into a game other than to just play it. And to be honest, the gameplay's got so competitive and the people playing are so competitive. You know, we all get wound up playing the game. And I need a casual way of playing the game where if I lose, that's fine. I'm just trying to, like, have some fun to get a 75-plus rare gold player pack for two wins. Just something like that. Or let me go in and if I've played 100 games with my Evolutions player, I get a special trim around them so that people know I don't have a life outside of this game. That's absolutely fine <laughs> and is a legitimate thing to add into the game because it doesn't affect the game. You know, you go to Fortnite, people have got all different kinds of skins and that's your, like, status symbol of what skin you've got and they make millions of pounds off those skins, potentially billions, but they have no effects on the game whatsoever. This isn't a case of people going, I want all of the packs and I want all of the players. I want something that I can grind towards that gives me a reason to go, let me just go and play some rivals games. Let me just go and play some friendlies games. Because right now, there's no reason outside of those, like get your seven wins in division rivals, Get your, like, if you want to play squad battles, squad battles is really easy to get decent rewards because it's only um, four minute halves this year. You can go in and play those. And then champs is a, again, doesn't take too long to finish champs. And if you're not a good enough player to get into champs, you've got even less to do. So it's, it's, it's about having like a grind that could potentially improve your team. I do think that option should be open, but definitely giving me a reason to go in 
and not really care about the result. Just if I've played some games with this player, I'm going to get this special trim or I get to add this play style. I've played 100 games with them. I get to add the relentless play style, but it has to be online, has to be in rivals, has to be in champs. Like, give just give us something. Give us a reason to continually go into games outside of just completing like a you know, four-win objective or getting the rewards that we already get right now that 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 like i think i think it has to be gameplay i think it has to be repeatable and it's whatever the reward is from a repeatable gameplay grind that's what i want that isn't match coins because match coins just isn't it i think what you're what you're looking for and what they're do that they've done like kind of a poor poor job of is they kind of they kind of goofed on milestones and what i mean is like you like what they could, and they could still do this. You could put any play style into milestones if you wanted to, and it would be like play 100 games with a central midfielder that's rated 84 or less, and you'll get the first version of Relentless, right? And then it might be play 100 more games with a midfielder rated 84 or higher that has like relentless already on them and you'll get relentless plus something along those lines. Mm. I, th I think that's the type of content that like, you know, I go in there and I'm like, all right, rivals mastery, right? Okay. So for, for 300 rivals wins, I get a silver goat. <laughs> like, no, no, nobody wants that. Mm. You could do away with all of those trophies and I don't think people would even write an article about it. Yep. Like, I, I don't even think people would tweet about it. The, nobody's going to be like, oh, no, my silver goat is gone. Yeah. The whole concept to me at the core, like North, like North Star for people is like, I want to build my ultimate team. Yep. I think that there are always opportunities to add more tools to the game to allow players to work towards building that ultimate team. And I think the idea with evolutions that's so exciting is that you might be in control of your own promos in a way. So if you're a massive, uh, you know, Manchester United fan, Ben, yeah, Rasmus Hoyland is like a perfect example, right? You're looking at this card, like maybe he gets an inform and he goes up to what, 82 rated? Maybe, right? And they give him some like big meaty boost and stats. Maybe he gets a future stars card, right? But the the whole idea with evolutions is you can take this card that you're like this player that you're very excited about watching in real life and be in control of some level of promo. So you can have a usable card. And usable in this game doesn't just mean stats, it doesn't just mean skills or weak foot. It's gonna mean play styles and giving people the ability to to personalize players with those play styles is necessary. It's just necessary. Like, I, I don't even look at milestones. I'm just like, if I get them, that's great. But I'm not, like, if there was one that was, like, relentless milestone, like, yeah, I'd probably be going in there because that's going to help me enjoy actually playing the game better by having that play style on my player. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe an expansion for evolutions in the future. Uh, Bram, is there anything to add uh, before we move on? So, I mean, James made a really good point about it no longer being building your ultimate team. And I think that kind of is what leads to a lot of the gripes we're seeing. Mm. 
when you think about the main things we do playing this game, it's apart from gameplay, it's opening packs and worrying about losing coins. Mm. You are disincentivized to go after your ultimate team because as soon as you start buying players you're losing coins Mm -hmm. which means that the future of your gameplay will be weaker so we tend towards where we can get packs and they're all untradeable so we dig into the milestones and we grind and we grind and we end up with teams that are hybrids of whatever the best untradeables we have are and they're and they're powerful teams but we struggle to evolve them and build them towards something we actually want because the routes to do so are so restricted by our fear of losing coins. Um, And in the case of something like Evolutions, it looked like it was going to give us a new way past that, but it hasn't yet. Yeah, it's an interesting one, actually, because I've changed my tact quite deliberately because of what you're saying. I used to be someone who would save the coins for Ronaldinho, and I was thinking maybe I'd pick him up really early, but actually what I thought was I should just use players that I can purchase and enjoy them and not worry too much about the fact they're going to decline in price. Yeah, maybe avoid gold rares. But for example, I picked up Dean Maria for 120k just because I thought that's what I'd be willing to spend on him. And if he drops, I wasn't expecting him to drop by half. But if he does drop, then, you know, I'll take the loss. And I had so much fun with him, um, you know, taking a player like that into the first weekend league of Ultimate Team. Um, He may not be so effective in a couple of weekend leagues time, but he was really fun. And I think got something like 21 goals in 10 games with 11 or 12 assists. And I went 10 and 0 as well. And the other thing is there's just so many ways you can actually earn coins just through playing the game. And the podcast Road to a Million Coins really shows that, that you don't need to be too concerned because those coins will will come back, basically. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's a thing to think about. And talking of players that you might want to spend coins on, uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back with Pound for Pound Powerhouse. Hello, listener. An important thing to say here is that there's a 36,000 FC point giveaway going on on the Patreon, and not only that, but there's a free trial as well, so you can get access and listen to support episodes for a limited window, and then if you'd like to, you can continue to stay and support for just £3 a month, and you'll get double the podcast content. There really has never been a better time to support if you've been considering it doing so, and uh, the way you can find that is by just searching support for weekly or following the link in the description of this podcast. You can also go to bit.ly slash more pod. It'd be a pleasure to have you as a supporter of the pod. And if you consider doing so, a huge, huge thank you. Let's jump back into the podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Cost. Hello and welcome back after the break. Yes, let's dive into Pound for Pound Powerhouse. This is the best value player, normally released over the past week or so, but uh, it's a little bit more flexible with it being the start of a game. And they can be from an objective, an SPC, off the market, etc. Let's start off with this listener suggestion, which is an interesting one. Uh, gone for two players, has Dom, which you know, is slightly against the rules, but we'll allow it here. He says, this week, I'm going to go for a dynamic duo, but, you know, not actual dynamic duo. Inform Teze and Road to the Knockouts Dest for a combined 22k. You get a centre-back with a shadow with 90 pace, mid to high 80s in all defensive stats and 87 strength, 83 reactions and composure, which is pretty good for this point in the game. Dest can play both left-back and right-back and comes with some incredible dribbling stats at full-back, noticeably 97 agility, 88 balance, 91 dribbling with low 80s composure and reactions. With a shadow or anchor chem style, he is really good at full-back, though watch out for the high-low work rates. He's 4-4, as in 4-star, four 4-star, four though, so playing on either foot isn't really an issue, and there's a chance for further upgrades with Dest. They're tricky to link, but that's why there's so much value in two players who would probably be triple the price if they were in the Premier League. So yeah, a different nomination, um, but one I definitely like. The Odovizia has some some really strong cards actually this cycle. Um, let's go to you then, Brammers, as uh, you know, probably the least regular, or that's you know, not completely true this cycle, I guess, um, <laughs> for your pound for pound nomination. I'm going to go with Guru Reeton from Chelsea, who was quite popular early in the cycle um and is still i think very effective um she's now down to 15k for an 88 so even if you end up not liking her you're going to make money on fodder when it rises um but she's really really versatile she plays on the left wing but can also play uh cam um she's got chelsea links which obviously is very good uh she's a, doesn't have a playstyle plus is the one thing that i find disappointing but she's got quite a lot of other playstyles. she's got finesse shot which is great dead ball incisive pass whip cross uh, quick step, relentless and rapid. So um, she feels really pacey, especially when you whack on a uh, pace chem style like Hunter. Um, I've been playing her on the left wing and um, obviously in the current meta, there is a lot of running to the byline and zooming through the penalty area while holding um, R1 or RB and cutting it back. And she's great for that. So yeah, she's been fantastic and uh, is unlikely to be moving out of my team anytime soon. A few people have mentioned Gurriton as a pound for pound, um, but hasn't yet been officially nominated. So good to get that one out there. Uh, let's move on to you, Josh. Who would you like to nominate? Kind of a tough one. I, I'm actually going to go with an SBC that expires, I think, in two days' time. And uh, for the pod RTG, has been a very nice addition. And it's Francis Coquelin. Mm kind of an example of how you don't need all the play styles to necessarily be that effective in game yet he is not too expensive an spc um i think it's forty-five thousand coins but is one of those spcs that you will just complete from having kind of that 83 84 rated fodder in your club and medium high work rates very like consistent across the ball in that defensive midfield role can also play right mid and left mid as his starting position so it gives you a lot of like flexibility setting your team up and 
he just, he's got something about him. He's got, I don't know if it's his 90 aggression. He's just good at like nipping in and winning the ball. He's quite strong. Like he's not the tallest player, but I don't know. There was just, I felt like he, he assumed possession of the ball a lot better than quite a few other players I've used and then had good enough passing stats. He's got 88 short passing that he can then move it on to the more creative midfielders. I, I, I really enjoyed him. And, you know, in terms of SBCs, we haven't necessarily been blessed with good value SBCs for decent players. And I think he could be one of them. Yeah, he was, yeah, well, he's seriously good on the RTG. And I think, uh, yeah, has that, uh, it's, it's such a cliche, but he has that sort of Kante-like defensive ability, but he's actually really good on the ball, I think, particularly. Also weird how he's got right mid and left mid as, as alternate positions, right? Which does kind of make him useful for some uh, squad building purposes. Uh, Jake, so let's move on to you. Anyone that you wanted to nominate? So I played a lot of three five two. Mm-hmm. And the the two cards here, uh, I'll give the the one for the people that I think, just because he's more versatile. But um, Marcus Llorente is very very good. Mm. I used him as my right mid, getting up and down, and he is fantastic defensively and very good going forward. He can he hits like really strong, like surprisingly strong driven passes. I would say that are very very accurate, but he was a lot of fun to use um, and made getting like up and down the pitch and like that, you know, on the wing feel very, very easy. And then on the other side, I use Grimaldo, who I think I've shouted out before, but man, that card mm. is good. Lorente has quick step and rapid and relentless. Yeah. He's like never tired and always feels like he's ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah. Definitely one of the better right backs in the game. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I guess he's a gold rare, so um, it's not that surprising. Not just as a right back, though, but like he's legitimately good as a central midfielder as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I, there were some times when I felt like I wanted someone more attacking, like out wide, and I would replace like whoever. I have one of my DMs on aggressive interception, so I put Urente into that role because once he got relentless, it's fine there. I'd put him in there and bring a more attacking player on like out wide. And he's also like super great and aggressive in a central midfield role. Like he, yeah. he, he does, he does everything, like mm. everything, which is just so nice to have at this stage of the game. And every time that I come or every time that I came up against him as well, I was like really, really annoyed because he's always one of the players that I notice. Mm. I said Di Maria and Di Maria is very good, but I guess he is 60K, which at this point, I don't know. Is that that really pound for pound territory? He is amazing value, I think. And if you can get him in your team, he's just phenomenal. If you like uh, Griezmann, he is basically like a five-star skill move Griezmann, but better. Um, And was honestly just so, so impressed. I think he got something like 21 goals in 10 champs matches uh, with, I think it was 12 or 13 assists as well. You're just doing the thing where you just spin around over and over and over again? (laughs) Uh, Maybe a little bit of that, yeah, yeah. He has a lot of play styles as well, which are really good. Um, but yeah, for me, the right back that I was going to mention is Klaus, who is road to knockouts. And annoyingly, he's at the bottom of his price range, 20K. So he can't really say exactly how much he should cost. Maybe once they update the price range, he'll go down a bit. I actually think it's probably a bit undervalued considering he's the best French right back in the game. Um, you know, There aren't many Marseille links at the moment, but they tend to get special items in the future. So I could kind of see his price rising, to be honest. They have a really good chance of winning the next two Marseille. And I guess, you know, I don't know what they'll go through, but they, they could do definitely um and so maybe he gets both upgrades 
And he already has Relentless, Anticipate, Whipped Cross, which is quite meta if you like crossing, and uh, Long Throw as well. And with a Shadow, his max pace, uh, well, he's just two off 99 sprint speed actually, uh, has 92 standing tackle with Shadow, 80 defensive awareness, not so great, 85 interceptions is decent, but 92 stamina, 70 aggression, 86 reactions, which is really good, and 87 agility. Uh, high, high work rate, which is really good for a fullback, I think. Likes him a lot. Well, that, I guess, wraps up pound for pound. Uh, in terms of more broadly, Road to the Knockout stage content, uh, are there any particular players, SBCs, just content generally around the last sort of couple of days that people wanted to mention as being notable in any way or something for people to account for? I think the thing, the thing I would point out with Road to the Knockout is that you have to be ready for that wait for the upgrade. Mm. Like, we've now got an international break, so there's no Champions League games for another two and a half weeks. So just be prepared to not have those upgrades in yet. I think that that's the that would always be my, like, main caveat on them. Um, I absolutely echo your Di Maria shout, by the way. I, I think he's an awful lot of fun in-game. And, and is pr- probably one of the best cards I've used so far this year. Yep. And, and there are n- nice um, Portuguese league links that you can get uh, to get him on chemistry. In terms of the, the SBCs, I just I kind of feel like, other than Coquelin, I feel like they're all overpriced, especially when you price in the weight for them to get upgraded. Like that Diego Carlos... Just go and buy Varane. He's going to be better. Like I don't, I, mm. I, I don't understand. Like maybe if your squad absolutely needs a Brazilian centre back from the Premier League, he might fill that hole. Or if you're a Villa fan, obviously, I think you can like take that as as rip. But it's I don't know. I just feel like the pricing of them's a little off right now. Yeah, Jonathan David as well. Like he's a menace, but I don't know that he is going to last that long in people's squads for 150k. Um, yeah. On on Jonathan David, like I think he's like emblematic of the problem we were talking about earlier with SBCs. Like he's too expensive. He's kind of been overtaken by whatever you've got from untradeables already, uh, and the actual like rewards from the from the segments of the SBC are atrocious. Like eighty two, eighty six squads that give you a mixed players pack. Like come mm. on, EA. Like have a heart. <laughs> Some of us are out <laughs> here trying to you know build coin totals, and it's just. It, it just is. It just seems a bit shoddy. That sort of thing. I do want to. I do want to defend them on one thing, which is the Beckham icon SBC. Mm. Because I've seen a lot of talk about the fact that it's more expensive than his tradable item. It's coming in at the moment at about four hundred and twenty k, and the last time I checked, his tradable item was in the mid three hundreds, um, or he's dropped even further. He's now three thirty, and I understand that you that you could look at that and go, well, why have they priced it that expensive? But on Friday, which is when I guess that was the latest they would have finalized the price of this SPC, he was in the mid 400s. And in the days before, he'd been up to 500,000 coins, above 500,000 coins. But it was leaked that he was going to get an SPC, which causes people to sell him, which means his price drops down. I also think that, we need to stop equivalating the price of an SBC to the same, like with Icon specifically, to the same player on the market. I've been guilty of it in the past. If you've got untradables in your club, 
they are that is taking price off that SBC. You can argue that they have a they have a value and that 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 is however much a 87, 88 rated player is. But to the coin value, the liquid coin value is zero. And so, you know, if you end up spending 250k to get an untradeable Beckham because you've got 170k of the fodder already in your club, is that then a better deal? Well, that's now up for you to decide. So I I I it's got a bit of hate that Beckham SBC and the, what they've done with the bronze and silver sections is like just insidious, but I actually think the pricing of it isn't their fault as much as it's a market reacting to a player being given an SBC. I, I maybe maybe the solution is give him a road to the knockout SBC where it's a 88 rated Beckham, but he gets a plus one for every English team that qualifies through the group stage. Something like that might be more palatable. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I really feel like there's a lot of false equivalents around the tradable versus untradable players, particularly icons, where you can see it really clearly because you know they they do often have both a tradable and untradable SBC version. And I kind of wish they'd not do that, this cycle, as you're saying, and, and just stick to uh, going for you know, new versions of players as SBCs. Um, but yeah, anything else people want to add on, on content? Yeah, I, I'm going to give a quick shout out to one player that I got in my rewards and wasn't really expecting much out of, mm. but I got uh, that Road to the Knockouts Awar, who uh, yeah. is now with Roma. If he was French, he would be very expensive, but he's like <laughs> 40, like 50 in-game stats off of Modric, and he's 15K. And like, mm. I don't see how Roma don't progress through. So like if his dribbling stats are nutty. 93 agility, 92 balance, 84 reactions, 90 ball control, 90 dribbling, 84 composure. Like he is, he is all the stats there. Play styles are technical, flair, Travella, and he has mm. been really pretty spicy to play with. So, you know, if you're running a Syria squad, there's some good Syria heroes, I think, that make him like kind of easy to link. I've heard, I've heard Cordoba is a madman this year, but I haven't used him yet. Yeah, I've not used them or faced them, actually. Um, before we finish off, any final questions, topics, anything that people feel they need to address? I don't know. Maybe someone on the pod can tell me, like, like where should I be sinking my coins right now? And part of me is like, I'm going to just put all of my coins into 88-rated cards, and eventually they'll go up. Just see what happens. Yeah. I think, actually, this might be a good way to just wrap up the pod, Bram, is, um, from a sort of market perspective, we are mm. at a point where... You know, fodder's not really risen that much despite the Beckham SPC, which was kind of expected because the first SPC, especially if it's not repeatable, is never going to push things up that much. Yep. But fodder is definitely still a, a decent investment. But you can also protect your coins by going for sort of certain special items, I guess, as well, rather than players that are impacts like gold rares. So, I mean, I, I still think fodder is due a big rise at some point. Um, the th like, it's incredibly low, even compared to where it typically is at this time of the cycle. Um, I wouldn't mm. have expected it to go up with Beckham. Um, the one that will push it, it will be the first icon pack or if there's a hero pack, uh, yep. potentially. Um, Which has got to be coming. Yeah, the timing. So last year's calendar of, of releases, they had a team of the week pack uh, on the equivalent of this Monday that we're recording, followed by another one the next week, along with the Max 86 base icon pack. Obviously, they can't do a direct equivalent and they've already done a team of the week SBC. But if you assume they're kind of on a similar schedule or a slightly uh, slightly accelerated one, then we would probably see an icon pack in the next week or so, maybe a little longer, uh, maybe a little less. Um, and I think that's the moment when a lot of the higher uh, high-end fodder, sort of 88s, 89s, or whatever, will move. 
Um, and then you start to see some real gains. To be honest, it's, if you've stocked your transfer list with high-end fodder and you're happy to wait because you've got a good untradeable team, don't be pushed into selling just when you see it move by a couple of K. Is it, I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul on this stuff. I think it's going to go much, much higher. But apart from fodder, uh, I think, you know, the thing that uh, Nate the Foot Accountant, whose videos I very much enjoy watching when I'm working out, um, advises is always looking for kind of quick flips with fluctuations. So finding things like, icons and studying their patterns over the course of a day and seeing what are very low prices for them versus a high one because they get rare very uh, for, at different times of the day and then you can make some money um and i think things like icons and heroes have the potential the rarest cards have the potential to have the most resilience to the price changes that we see across the market but if you're into things like meta golds at the moment the only way is down really um there might be a slight rise into weekend league but the general trend will be down um and it's a very volatile, unpredictable market in terms of um, sinking your coins into stuff. Uh, there's the it's easy to lose coins. So but you don't just, think you could just go out and pick up like a bunch of that Goro Reeton and just sit? Yes, one hundred percent. Eighty eights, eighty nines, that stuff will rise. What, do you, what about eighty sevens? Do you think eighty sevens yes. rise by a higher percentage than eighty eights? Potentially, it's so hard to say. It depends on a lot of factors, but 87s, 88s, 89s, all that stuff's safe. Um, you maybe have to wait slightly longer for a rise on the lower stuff, but it's all just still so low because although we've had SBCs, people aren't running out to do them as they would mm. be for a, like an icon pack. Yep. Uh, a very, very good point. Right. Uh, we have definitely spoken enough on this podcast. It's been mm-hmm. fascinating. And I'm really keen to hear, you know, listeners' thoughts on the topics we've discussed because ultimately, you know, we have one perspective or various but different perspectives, I guess, on the game. But I know people out there will have even different ones to the ones that we have. And, and that makes uh, doing this podcast very interesting. And I always like to hear from all you listeners out there. So yeah, send in your thoughts at FootWeeklyPod on Twitter, FootWeekly at mail.com, obviously in the pod priority questions channel in the supporter Discord. Right. Thank you very much to Brammers for coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts and insights. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, And yeah, good luck to everyone in Weekend League too. Yeah, I know people found the tips on last week's gameplay podcast useful for the first Weekend League and there'll be more in this week's gameplay podcast, which will be a supporter episode and uh, we'll be talking tactics, things like that. So check that out if you are a patron and if you're not already, then you could consider supporting because there's a free trial, 36,000 FC points to be won. Uh, Just search support for weekly. Now, before we say goodbye to you, Josh, a quick mention of the pod RTG road to a million coins in a month. And uh, it's gone really well so far. I mean, up to, what is it, nearly 600,000 coins after the first champs rewards and just over a week played. And uh, we'll be delving into it in more depth, probably on next week's content supporter episode. Bear in mind, this is all as well with gameplay rewards, no trading or anything like that. Yeah, and um, if you want any updates on the pod RTG and you're a Patreon member, you can go to the Discord. There's a channel there where we post regular updates of what we've been doing, coin totals, team, all that good stuff. Yeah, gold or above supporters do jump in the Discord. It's a great place to be. Right, Japes, thank you very much as well for joining us on this one. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pleasure. Enjoy the chat, guys. Hopefully this week we'll, you know, they'll, they'll get into a groove and we'll start to feel pretty positive. Yeah, let's see. All right. Well, thank you very much to all you listeners joining us on this episode. And you can obviously subscribe via the various different podcast platforms. You can do so on YouTube. Uh, in fact, you can like and leave a comment there. That'd be great. And a big thank you, of course, to all those supporters who keep this podcast going, including those icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Michael K, Dave B, Hugh J, Darren W, Alistair M, Don P, Rob P, Jeff B, Damon H, Tom B, Adam G, Neil P, Alex M, Jake S, Dan W, Roger D, Lee A, Andrew C, Nishant, Waterman, Dylan H, Adam R, Rob L, Brendan W, Michael K, David G, Jimmy K, Michael B, Aditya S, and Joshua K. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.